Isn't that awesome? Uh, my name is Harry. This is my wife, Becky. To get things going today, uh, we want to test y'all's knowledge of Thailand. Is that okay? Yeah? I've been back a uh, week and a half or so, and so I'm still getting over jet lag. So if there's any words that don't make sense, it's because of that. But uh, I've got some questions for you, and Becky, you can come on up. We've got some awesome Thai snacks that we want to give out. found these at the 7-Eleven in Thailand. And so, um, I don't know if you'll actually like these, but you at least experience what we get to and get to see what other cultures eat. So we're going to do some trivia. First question, what is the population of Thailand? Oh, before I say this, you just raise your hand, we'll do it kind of polite, and we'll point you out, and you go for it, all right? So what do you guys think the population of Thailand is? Just an estimate. Anybody got a guess? Go ahead, shout it out. Three, what? Three billion? Okay, I don't... Does anybody have another guess? That's not right. <laughs> Does it have another guess? Yeah. 200,000. We're going to go up. It's in the, in the tens of millions. So, America's about 350 million. 50 million, that's a good, ass, good guess. A little bit up than that. 75, I'll give it to you. We are at 70 million. What is she getting? It's at 69.7 million. I know sometimes with the numbers and the guesstimation, it can be hard to figure out, but Thailand has about 70 million people, and that's who we're working with. Next question. What is the name of Thai currency? We got somebody in the back? Bot. You're awesome. That's right. What does he get? You're going to give you some bot? Way to go, man. He knew right off the bat. (laughs) Right off the bot. You can, you can see, uh, you can see here on this money. Uh, this is our the king, Thai king on there, and a hundred baht is about three dollars. So you're spending. We can get a burrito for a hundred baht, and we get a bottle of water for ten baht, which is really nice. You come to America, a bottle of water is like two dollars. Over there, it's like thirty cents. So uh, what's next? Okay, what Thai city is the hottest? And that's average temperature worldwide, all right? So throughout the year, what is the hottest and most visited city in the world? Who you got? Bangkok, correct. What do you get? He's going to get some seaweed. That's really good. Um, Bangkok, it has an average temperature of 85 degrees. I mean, it's just always sweltering there. And 22.7 million people visit every year. Did you know that? Most visited place on earth. And it's an amazing city. Number four. All right, this may be pretty easy. First thing to go up, what's the major religion of Thailand? Buddhism. I'll give you Miss Mala. She followed the rules. She gets some fish. And it's very good. Dried fish. Here is a breakdown of the major religions in Thailand. Uh, Buddhism is the majority. And that number says 84.9%. But basically, everybody you meet is Buddhist. Uh, Muslim, there's a Muslim population. There's a lot of, or there is some, I won't say a lot of, ethnic religions, uh, spiritism, that sort of thing, people worshiping the sun, the, you know, the trees, all of that. There's non-religious, and then Christian, and that number I found online, uh, it, when you're out and about, that number is so small. 
And the majority of Christians in Thailand are not the actual Thai people. They're the hill tribe people. And I'm wearing something from one of the hill tribes. This is made by the Korean people. And they have been reached. But the actual Thai people, when you think of Thailand, those people are majority 0.0 whatever percent unreached. So that number of Christians isn't even among the necessarily Thai people. It's among the... uh, hill tribe people groups there the different smaller groups of people groups i hope that makes sense but um so that number is what we're going after that's why we're there us being there kind of affects that number just a little bit and so when you think about being a christian it may not mean a lot to be a christian in the states because culturally there is a lot of christians but in thailand you were born a buddhist so me being there even if I'm not doing Christian work is a big deal because I'm, I'm sitting there eating my meal, I'm eating my burrito, and I'm a Christian, and they may have not met a Christian before. And so that's important. Um, all right, here's our last and final question. This one, I don't know if any of you guys will know. I had to look it up myself. And what are we getting on this one? Some dried dates. So I actually like those, and I bought some of those, and I didn't get to that bag on the plane. So you can get to it for me. Uh, in what century did the first Christian missionaries arrive in Thailand? Okay, Jesus came in at the beginning, so don't say, in, you know, it's not B.C., after B.C., more recently. All right, did anybody have a guess? That's right, yeah. Or, or what, what years would you say? No, no, no. Yeah, you're actually pretty dead on. It was 15, what's the date on there? Yeah, 1518. Awesome guess. Uh, From Portugal. And they showed up and they started a Christian mission. And the first American missionaries arrived in 1833. And what's crazy is Thailand is still unreached. That just shows you uh, what this religion and really just the climate over there. It's a tough place to reach people. And not that uh, you and I, like, there's nothing I can do in my own ability to reach people. It's God's help, God working in us and through us and us being obedient and trusting his timing on this stuff. Uh, God's been working on this place, you can see, since 1518 and now almost 2020, and we feel led to go there. And so you can just see how God works. It's really cool, and I hope you learned a couple things about Thailand Becky and I want to show some pictures of our life. These are fancy microphones here. Let me see. There we go. Hello. 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 This is my wife, Becky. Hey. And she's wearing, this is Corinne too, right? Yes. Isn't that beautiful, that beadwork? I'm a little taller than the Thai people. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. A lot taller. (laughs) Yes. We're like giants over there. But um, we are. (laughs) <laughs> we got some pictures to show, and Becky's going to lead it. I'm going to jump in. And- yeah, so it's easy for us to say, oh, we live in Thailand, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's our life. That's where we minister, different things. But So I wanted to show you guys visuals so you could kind of see what we're talking about, who we are, different things we do. So obviously, that's Harry and I, <laughs> just to start off there. You go to the next one. This is Chiang Mai. So that's actually the city we live in, and we're not on the beach, just so you know. Uh, We live in a more mountainous area, so that's not the daily view, but I thought that was a pretty view, so you could see that. All right, next picture. This is our daily view. This is our neighborhood that we live in, so it's kind of more rural than you would think, but there are a lot of people living in that neighborhood, and um, you can see the mountains. That's kind of our everyday view, going to work. We can actually walk to work, so it's kind of great. Next picture. That's our house. 
And I use the term house because I like that term, but it's actually a duplex. <laughs> so it's, um, we have one side and then the other person has another, but we never see them. There's a wall, obviously. It's our own. We and see we see them, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's where we live. And that tree has gotten, we have totally reworked that tree. So it does not look like that. And I'm very proud of that. It was a lot of hard work. So we go in the next picture. That's our living room. So I think sometimes people have this image of, oh, you're a missionary. You should live in a dirt hut. And to be honest, um, there are times where we do. We go and minister and we're sleeping on the floor. We're doing all these different things. We're eating things we don't want to eat for a week, different things like that. But then there's times where maybe like your life, you could relate. You have a living room or you have space. You can sleep in a bed, things like that. So that's our living room. That's where we can read and talk and have people over. We love that space. It took a lot of time to get it that way, and it was really exciting. That's our kitchen. Um, we love our kitchen. That's where a lot of the magic happens. That's where our American food comes out, and we can have a good time. There's Thanks. our water there. That's where we drink. We can't drink any tap, and so I go in. You'll see in a second, but it's, you know, like your office or whatever. You're, you know, yeah. that's, that's how we do water every day. Yeah. So one thing about moving to Thailand is they drive on the other side of the road on the other side of the steering wheel, or side, yeah. So it was really different. And then on top of that, we actually didn't have a vehicle to start with, so we would drive the ministry truck, which was a standard transmission. So Harry, manual, sorry. So he picked that up really quickly. And so um, I put this picture because I, I thought it was fun. You know, there are times where you're driving and there's the elephants, so... <laughs> there's the water we talked about like we said we can't drink the water so we go and pick it up and it's kind of a bummer like if you run out you run out so you got to figure out how to get water because you need to have that um i mentioned we didn't have a car when we started with and a lot of you guys actually gave towards our car thank you so much you have no idea how much that means to us um, so here's a picture of the guy we bought it with. He was somebody who was working construction on the building that we now work at. And I'll talk about that a little later. But that's the guy, and the car's right behind it. There's another picture. There's the car, our little family picture, right outside our duplex. <laughs> Next picture. Yep, the living room. This is Jack-Jack, that little black dog. Isn't he cute? That's our little Thai street dog. He was living out in that field. Yep, look at that. And um, he actually followed us home. Harry and I were terrified when we first met him because their street dogs are very aggressive. He just came right up and just kind of stayed there every day. And it got to the point where everybody's like, are you going to like keep it? Or So we decided, yeah, we'll keep him. He chose us, we'll take it. And so he's been such a blessing. We love him so much. Look at him. <laughs> And he's an indoor dog, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's gotten a lot of showers, we'll just say that. So Harry mentioned Buddhism, that's what we're dealing with. And there is spiritual significance um, just in the climate you're dealing with when you're ministering. It's a whole different element. You know, some like in America, it's more open. Everybody kind of knows cultural Christianity. I can use some terms, you'll understand. In Thailand, it's so different, so different. So that's kind of what we deal with every day. Here's our Empower team. So we actually work with Empower International. That's our awesome team. It's actually grown since then, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, we love those people. We do life with them and get to see them and work with them. So 
there's, um, <laughs> there's a truck Harry would drive. And what we're doing in this picture is we're actually picking up supplies for the building we renovated. So that was a lot of work and time, and that was a way we helped out at the beginning when we first arrived. Here is the building project. So as you can see, this is actually two minutes walk from where we live, and we needed somewhere to be able to house people, minister to people, bring in people. Maybe we can't go to China because it's getting more closed, but China can come to us. So that was kind of the vision. And so this property um, was at an awesome price, and so Todd and Julie felt led, and they got it, and we're standing there, and we got to watch the whole process from them purchasing to dreaming to all the meetings to it being done to where that's where we go and work every single day. So that's just a phenomenal opportunity we got. So that was the before pictures. Here's the after picture. Yeah, so awesome. Um, We're just so amazed. Um, You can see here's what the inside looked like. And here's what it looks like now. That was actually, this is a mission team we brought in. And Harry and I, one role at Empower we have is we're over uh, mission teams, interns, anybody who's coming in, we're, we're there. We literally are there all the time with those people, get to know them really well. So this is one of our teams. They're from Chicago, um, really great people. And so we're pouring into them in this moment. We're talking to them about 1040 window, what's going on in the world, how we can help, how we can be a part, and um, just a, a great time. When another role Harry has is he's over IT, and I think people think I can help because I'm married to him, but I have no idea. Harry's awesome at that. He can make videos. He can do all sorts of things, and there's a lot that goes behind it, um, and so there's um, him and the founder, Todd Powers, working on a project. This is me in deep thought. Um, I Somehow I got over helping the building renovation. And, um, and so Todd actually asked me to be his assistant and different things like that. And so that's kind of what my job looked like for a little bit. And this is the confused look is exactly, I don't know anything about building renovations, but I learned a lot and got to work with On, who was over the project. And we're working in Thai language, English language, trying to make sure we're understanding and getting those workers um, the proper information they needed. So with Empower International, we work in three different countries. We work in Thailand, Myanmar, and Pakistan. And so this is in Thailand, right on that Myanmar border. This is a a town we go to a lot called Maesat. And I just wanted you to see this picture. This is actually a really tough area. It's called No Man's Land. There's no law in this area. It's a big battle going on. And so you can just see the poverty, and it's just heartbreaking. You see people there. Um, and so we really love to go to this area and just help however we can. So like we said, we're over mission team, intern, anybody who comes in. This girl speaking, her name is Sam, and her husband, Mason. They got married, and they said, hey, this year of our life, we want to go serve God. We're going to go every opportunity. And they've done amazing things. And so they came over, and we took them, Thailand, Myanmar, just did ministry with them. And it's just such an awesome connection. We're still really close to them. And so that's just like one aspect of our job that we love. This is a children's home right on that Thailand-Myanmar border. And this is a city called Maesat. Um, it's a really tough area for human trafficking. A lot of things have happened there because it's that border area. And so these kids were at risk 
And so we were able to take them into a home. There's about 50 kids there. And so we go up any chance we can. We love those kids. Always have a great time with them. Um, just sharing the gospel. They're, they're Burmese, living in Thailand, refugee status, all these different things. And so that's them getting um, some gifts for school. That's Harry there. He's sharing. We had this big Christmas celebration right before we flew to the States. So much fun. You can see they actually got like little mats to sleep on for Christmas. So they were so excited. That's them holding up. They're just, they're awesome. That's another time we went up to spend time with them. So this is a school also in that Mesa area. The principal is over the children's home, but she's also over a school, about 300 students in similar situations, but they have families. And so they're mostly refugee status. And so we go in, any chance we get, we do a full day, have fun, share the gospel, um, teaching them different things, discipling them. So that's us having a good time with them. Harry likes to play the guitar and do different things with them. This is a uh, ministry opportunity we had with the Hmong people, and it actually came through one of our van drivers. He's like, hey, I'm going to go up and disciple. Will you guys come help me? So we said yes, and that's part of the missionary life. You just say yes. <laughs> and so um, we got to go and meet his tribal people and get to, to disciple them. So it was really great. Um, there's a mission team. We're in a Thai school getting to minister there. Um, I put that picture in because I was going to make a joke, so here's my joke. Um, Harry and I, our dates look different as missionaries. Sometimes it looks like you get across the Thai, or the Burma border into Thailand. You have a good time. <laughs> um, this is a children's home. Empire has a lot of children's home, but we're in the um, village of Meito, which is in Thailand, up in the mountains. It's about an hour and a half drive. And so these are the kids. We're really close to them. We spent a lot of time with these kids, and um, we just pulled them out and said, hey, let's do like a kid service during the church service, and we had a, a great time with them. Um, these are the same kids. We taught them English, and we did this big English Bible camp with them, and uh, I think we're definitely better at teaching the Bible. Um, but, they, yep, there they are. They're awesome. Um, this is the church connected to the children's home, so they bring in different people. So minister to them. Um, something with missions is a lot of times, you know, you see these outreaches or you see us giving things. But as a missionary, there's a lot that goes into it, right? There's planning, there's driving to the places, bartering for the prices, packing it all up, getting there. So that's just like behind the scenes. It's not just like, oh, it's there and we go give it. You know, we do all of that. We have huge shopping trips. <laughs> um, Harry and I also get to speak in This is actually really cool because it's in Chiang Mai um, One of our friends has this group of new believers To where we're over there helping them find where to go in the Bible As we talk about scriptures Which is so cool, I love that And so these were people just newly saved Just baby Christians And so we were able to pour into them and teach them that day Yeah, we uh, did a camp at a school, and this we've been building a relationship with this school for several years before Becky and I joined, and uh, the superintendent of five districts came to this day. He's in charge of 120-plus schools 
And so this is opening the door for us to go into a lot more areas. All of these kids are Buddhist, and so we're able to share the gospel with them all. Um, kids got saved that day, and then, but we like to bring in hygiene. We do lots of stuff. I was doing music class here. And so we basically just love on them and just give them whatever we can. Whatever skills we have, we'll bring that to the table. And that's also from that day, praying with these kids. This is a school in Pakistan. And so this is part of Empower. Like I said, we work in Thailand, Myanmar, and Pakistan. So we have an awesome contact there, and there's just great things going on. So that's just one thing, one picture. This is in Myanmar. Um, I was able to go to a women's conference in northern Myanmar. And so these women went through a lot to get to that conference. And actually, there was some persecution to where we had to limit the amount of people so it didn't cause a big scene. This is Harry sharing the gospel at a school where I think it was the first time they had seen a foreigner. And so they were just so amazed and it was just out in the middle of nowhere and they're getting to hear the gospel. Just so awesome. This is in Myanmar. We took Sam and Mason and we're able to minister at a church there. This is another church we're ministering to. This is like the slums of Myanmar. It's a really tough area. Um, you know, this is what you can imagine of sleeping on a dirt floor, really tough situation. So we try to go there. We're speaking at a Bible school in that picture in Burma. This is interesting about Burma, and this kind of shocked me, but there's a lot of um, drugs. And so we've gone to so many rehab centers since we've been there. And so this is a rehab center slash they're using the Bible to help them rehabilitate. So it's just really interesting. So we got to share with them. Um, this is one of our pastors, Pastor Morris. And what's cool about this picture is, you know, I saw this picture. We talked about it. Okay, we want to, you know, put a water well there for these people. And we heard the story of the need and kids were dying and stuff like that, which in America is just like a hard concept. Um, and so we got the water well, different things. And then lo and behold, we went to that area and I was able, it was like a really far out drive, middle of nowhere. And I got to meet the people and see that. And it was just so cool. And then you get to present the gospel and just people are more open. And so you just see how it all fits together. That's us in the village. Um, they make you all kinds of things. So I just wanted to put that picture. Um, that's ministering at a Bible school. And this is uh, this happened just right before we left. This is we had shared the gospel in the school, and um, after, basically, they said, you know, if this means anything to you today, come and find one of our team. So I'd seen this boy sitting in the crowd. He had a hearing aid in, and you know, he can tell he's he's like thirteen, fourteen. And I really wanted to pray with him, but. Uh, I don't speak his language, and I didn't want to make an awkward thing, and it's in the middle of a service type thing going on. And so I just kind of let the moment pass, and I go outside, and after the altar call, and one of the interpreter runs over to me, Harry, Harry, uh, this boy, he, he wants to know Jesus. So we get to go over and talk to him. I get to pray for his ears, and then and with tears in his eyes, the interpreter's crying, this boy uh, received Jesus. He was asking, you know, what is Jesus? What, how is, you know, can I be a Christian is basically what he wanted to know. And so in that moment, we've had moments like this. This one was really special, and it was kind of at the end of a lot of hard work that we were doing. We had a team there, 
And so a lot of what we're doing is sowing, sowing, watering, watering, more sowing, more watering, weekends, weekdays, whenever we have a chance. And you have these moments, and it's like, this, this is why we're here. This is what we, why we do what we do. And so this guy right here, I don't know how many of his classmates or friends become Christian, but he did. And that's a big deal in that community, in that area. And so uh, Becky did an awesome job sharing. I just wanted to show you guys kind of our life. Uh, we do a lot of stuff with schools. We're doing a lot of ministry. But our heart is just to be obedient. We went in this last year not exactly knowing what it would all look like. We really uh, trusted the organization we were going to work with, the people we're partnering with. And so it took some adjustment time. But these last few months, we've really been running on all cylinders, really are contributing and being able to lead uh, some of these days, Becky and I are the ones that are planning the whole day, coordinating all the events, plugging people into places. Here's what we're going to do. You're communicating with a person who speaks another language. So there's several levels of communication. You get an answer, it goes back, and we're in the middle. And so this year has been so much growth for us personally. And it's been just amazing to see when you in America, you give or you pray, we're on the other side. We fill those gifts, we fill those prayers, and it empowers us to do this. And really, we're passing it along to a pastor or a leader, and they're passing it along to whoever they're reaching. And so I just want to say thank you so much, Good News Church, for giving to us, for supporting us, for helping us do this. We could not be doing it without you guys, 100%. We couldn't do it. And so I just uh, I appreciate you today. And kind of just wanted you guys to see these faces and these people. Uh, we post on Facebook and Instagram some and send out newsletters. But uh, you're making a difference. And I know not just with us, but with other things you're doing. And I just want to say, as being out there on the front lines, people need our help. And it's hard to see that sometimes here. Uh, because it's covered up by a lot of stuff in our culture. But 100%, the gospel needs to go to the end of the earth. I mean, I could tell you from what we see specifically in Myanmar, just the oppression and the stuff that most kids and most people walk through every day, it's horrific. It's, you would never wish that on anyone. And you can't even, it's hard to just even kind of comprehend it. And so um, for what we're doing and what we want to do long term, uh, we kind of went for, you know, we committed to go for a year, and then midway through that, we made a decision, we, we want to do this long term, and so we go back next month, but uh, I just want to say thank you for supporting us and helping us, and we want to do more of this, and we want to help other people do this, um, we want to help people who want to come to the field do this, especially our organization, that's one thing, they want to help missionaries get to the field, but we want to empower Thai people, Burmese people to reach their people. And uh, we're learning the language. We're doing what we can. But in actuality, to reach Thailand, it's going to take Thai people, you know, giving their all, following God, being obedient. And so uh, what you're doing here matters there. And it all works together. And so I just want to say thank you on uh, behalf of Becky and I. And But just also, um, what you're doing every day matters. Because one of these souls is not more important than a soul in Augusta. God doesn't see it that way. There may be greater need in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways, in Thailand and Myanmar. But what I have learned this year is I have to live with such an intensity and passion and focus. Because I wake up every day and there is confusion in the air where we live. 
and it's strong. And I personally have had to get strong and uh, stronger. I thought all I knew about faith and I knew about all these things. But when you're out there, you realize, you know, what is this all about? What are we doing? We're not just praying a prayer with somebody. We're not just getting somebody to join our group. It's so much deeper than that. These people don't even know God. And a lot of them, my mom assured me, uh, she heard from somebody, but a lot of them don't even know the word for God. They don't even, you know what I'm saying? That's how far off it is. And so I just encourage you in your everyday life, uh, not to be heavy, but just to take it seriously. Whatever God's called you to do in this time, this season and place, give your all. Because people and are, people are worth it and your life is worth it. And I have found so much meaning and fulfillment. I have no doubt we're where we're supposed to be. It's so freeing. It's so difficult, but it's so freeing. And, and so I just encourage you this holiday, going into this next year, whatever God's speaking to you, saying, just have the courage and the faith to do it. And it may not seem like a big deal, but you in your heart, you live your heart before God. God, what do you want me to do? I'm going to do that. And that's how Becky and I are endeavoring to live, not religious, but heartfelt, not cultural, Christian, you know, doing what everybody else is doing and thinking how everybody else is thinking. But God, what do you have specifically for our lives? And I pray that for you guys in here, all of us, as we join together and partner together, we can see this earth reach. We can see more people come to know Christ. I have gone over our time. And I'm sorry about that. But uh, I, I just thank you guys so much. Today we're not offering, uh, asking for a gift or offering anything. You guys are always so generous here and we appreciate it so much. I just want to let you know how, how much what you're doing is making a difference. And we have a few things out uh, as when you guys exit today that we'd like to give. Some snacks and stuff. And maybe you want to try some things. But the, the world can be reached, us working together, us following God. Amen. Harry, do you want to do the video? Uh, we have another video. Hallelujah. Well, um, that was awesome, guys. And I want to tell you on behalf of Good News Church how um, proud we are of you both. Well, Susan and I had a chance to go over there, and uh, uh, it it is not, you know, for everybody. (laughs) And so we're proud of you guys and uh, thrilled to invest in in y'all. And so if you feel directed, some people are supporting them on a monthly basis, uh, you can do that through Good News Church, or you can do it through Empower International and go on their website. And I think there's a, a link there for Harry and Becky if you want to support them that way, both of the, you know both ways the uh, the gifts are going to get there. But you're, you're you know thank you again for your generosity. Well, um, I want to, we're going to be receiving communion today, but I want to share a couple things that are on my heart, and uh, I won't go long here. But I know this is the Christmas season, and and if you've been out and about, I mean it's been a lot of activity uh, out and about. I think it's a, a big Christmas for the retailers. But uh, I don't know if you've uh, felt any stress or seen anybody stressed out. Um, and, you know, decorations, presents, getting your house ready for guests. I mean, that's stressful. Um, and some folks, I mean, they have painful memories from Christmas. Brings up, for some reason, it just brings up these things. And another big thing that we all deal with is lack. Uh, 
uh, we feel this lack from, from, from marketers and it's, it's never enough and it's a, a time for some people to compare yourself to others and there's always somebody that has more you know that and so it can be a very uh, stressful time and so I just want to you know, take a few minutes and I'll try to help you today to uh, Terry was talking about being focused um, about being focused and, and so I want to help you with that today let's look at Luke chapter 10 verse 25 I read this last week it says one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question teacher what should I do to inherit eternal life Jesus replied what does the law of Moses say how do you read it the man answered you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul all your strength all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself that's the one commandment that's the one thing to be um, focused on and so I just want to encourage you as we're looking at this Christmas season to be focused on that and it goes into the Good Samaritan and uh, story and I read that uh, last week I won't go into that today but I just want to kind of go dig a little bit deeper here on this um, uh, commandment uh, here and I want to read from Ephesians tra- uh, chapter 2 because this is going to be more practical what does that mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul your mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself what does that really mean well Ephesians 2 um, talks about that uh, what this really means and it's really the gospel story Ephesians 2 verse 1 and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as others that's where we all were and you can't forget that but God everybody say but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith it's not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them grace is simply unmerited favor it's getting something we don't deserve and you know I know we feel like we're entitled to things but we don't want what we deserve we you know that's if we get what we deserve we deserved uh, eternal separation from God we deserved eternal punishment and I don't care how good you are of a person that was our destiny if it wasn't but for God and for his goodness and his kindness and and it was done through his grace that even while we were sinners even though we deserved to die even though we deserved to be punished for our sins it's because of his grace that we're saved and we partake again we don't earn this grace 
We partake of this grace by our faith, by believing it. And it, 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 and it does seem too, uh, good be, too good to be true. But we, tar- we partake of his goodness by our faith. And so verse 7 really jumped out at me as I was reading this. And I want to read this in the, the message translation. And this is what I want to help you focus on what's most important right now. Because of all the stuff that's happening. Focus on this. Ephesians 2 verse 7 message. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and then the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that something? That's God's heart. All, I mean, right now, all through eternity. And this, this life is just a vapor, just a puff of smoke in comparison with eternity. And that's hard for us to imagine. But eternity is real. Eternity is forever. But uh, he wants to shower his grace and kindness upon us. And so I've been just thinking about that. And so we are to reflect Jesus. I mean, Harry and Becky in, in Thailand, as the, when they're there, they're to reflect Jesus. Wherever uh, God has, has placed us in all the different uh, places, our, our mission field. We're, we're not just here to live the good life. We're not just here to, to be blessed. Oh, there are a whole, an abundance of blessings. We can, we can spend the whole service just talking about the blessings of God. But it's more than that. It's about being transformed and that grace to change us and then that grace to flow through us. And so if you want to have a meaningful Christmas or even a meaningful, any kind of meaningful life, you've got to learn how to receive grace and to give grace and let that grace flow to you because I don't know if you've noticed... Um, we live in a pretty ungraceful world. Uh, most of the time, you can't go to Walmart and find grace. And, and people are looking for it. But if the church is not giving it, if the church isn't giving then who's giving it? The world's not going to give it because they have no concept. Grace is it's a God thing. It's, you know, Jesus came to introduce grace to us. And so um, I've got a um, two-step grace plan for you that is just amazing. And, and you're going to want to, to understand this two-step plan. And this is how you shower grace and kindness on someone. Step one, pray for them, love them, Encourage, talking about people in your, in your world, in your life. Pray for them, love them, encourage them, forgive them, help them, comfort them, bless them. Now, let's say there happens to be someone in your world, and, and you know, this happens, where they're not receiving the grace and kindness. You ever had that happen? You got anybody in your world? You got any family members? Anybody you're going to be getting together for Christmas? They just seem to have a hard time receiving grace. Now, why is that? Well, first of all, most of us, probably all of us, I don't even care if we grew up in a Christian home, we didn't live in a grace environment. And so we don't really have any understanding of that. 
And then the second thing is, you know, we're living this or this earth and there's an enemy. Um, we have hurts and we have pain. And sometimes that pain, a lot of times, even for the best of us, that pain will put up a barrier that you can't receive. Now, I don't understand it all, but we all deal with that. And we've got to learn to push that barrier down and let that grace come in because that grace brings transformation and let it change us so much that it flows. Now, our homes should be grace homes. And I know that that many of us, uh, I'm not saying perfect, but should be grace homes. I mean, born again, spirit-filled, Bible-confessing, we should be homes of grace. And that means unmerited favor. We should be showering kindness and goodness on each other okay and and so so that so step one pray for them encourage them love them comfort them you know all those different things so what's step two whether they receive it or not step two is repeat step one (laughs) y'all get that two-step plan and is it easy no it will be the hardest thing you do in your life. Relationships are messy. They're difficult. They're challenging. They're painful. But we are called, and especially here at Good News Church, we're empowered to give life. We're called to a higher standard. And so I just want to encourage you, don't give up on step one. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't draw back. You stay at it. Now, my plan's real simple. God makes it real complicated because I want to read 1 Corinthians 13. His plan is so much more complicated than mine. Look at all that he adds. Look at first, uh, let's just, we're about to receive communion. And guys, you can go ahead and bring, as long as you don't distract everybody, bring the communion elements in. Because it comes in, it looks like there's a body in there and covered in something, you know. But I want to read 1 Corinthians 13 because this is grace in action. And this is the standard. And this is what I'm challenging you to continue to live because it's not the way the world lives. But we we have to do our best. And, And God will empower us. Grace will help us. 1 Corinthians 13 Verse 1, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for us and in us, I am only a noising, noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, wouldn't that be great? Possess all knowledge? And if I'm sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me? I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have, we're generous, right? Generous church, generous people. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor and provide food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Now listen, 
Here's all God's steps. Way more than I, what I would put in here. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Who, who, who's just loving this? Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own ways. It's not self-seeking, it's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Now, I've got to stop right here because I think there's some people here that are thinking about somebody else right now. I want you to stop that and start looking at yourself and stop thinking about everybody else because we love to judge other people by their actions and we judge ourselves by our own good intentions. So get refocused here. I'm going to finish up the verses, but I want you to think about yourself. You want me to go back and read all those verses again? Okay. Appreciate that, Billy. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a separate wrong. Is this easy? No, it's not. You're going to need God's grace. It's going to take faith to believe for this does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness but rejoices when right and truth prevail love bears up under anything and everything that comes ever ready to believe the best of every person its hopes are faithless where's our communion stuff I don't know what what are they doing out what do they do out there Sean go up there and check and see what they're doing out there it's just I think they got lost. <laughs> Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best? Maybe I need to read it all again. No. Okay. <laughs> is ever ready to believe the best of every person? Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Now listen to this last line. And I don't know who this is for today. But I love this last part here. I hear a door. The body's coming in. This last part, verse 8. Love. Now look at me now. Look at me. Don't look over there. I'm just kidding. Look over there. No. Um, Love never fails. Say it, I'll say it together. Love never fails. Let's say this together. Grace. Ah. Grace never fails. Do they deserve it? Those people have done you wrong. Do they deserve it? But grace never failed. And so I just want to encourage you, do not give up. Keep sowing. Keep being a blessing. Hang in there. Don't give up. If the Holy Spirit leads you to go talk to them, talk to them. And if they reject you, then go back to step one. 
We're not those people that draw back. We're not those people that give up. We keep on sowing. We keep on loving. We keep on giving. Love. Remember that, Billy. Remember that, man. Love never fails. Love always wins. So I just want to encourage you. What what are we focused on? Let's let's be focused on as we're getting, we're people. It's all about people, folks. And let's let's shower grace and kindness on people. And maybe they're not in a place to receive, but keep on giving. Amen. Praise God. Well, we got look it. We've got our communion elements here. Um, I think it's very fitting that we're here, to, uh, one of our last services of, of 2019, to receive communion together. And, and as we're having some time here, be thinking about your love walk. A- ask God for your, his help, his strength, his empowerment. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about reconciliation a few weeks ago. Don't let go of that. And again, it, it just, it may not all work on the first attempt. Again, this, this, you know, God will help you. He'll empower you. We're, we're, we're long-term. We think long-term, right? But let me read from 1 Corinthians. Um, chapter 11. And then we'll uh, distribute the elements here. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took after the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen.